Georgia is being hit hard by COVID-19 right now. Just yesterday, Atlanta saw a devastating 79 deaths from the virus, bringing the total in the state of Georgia up to 329, with over 1,700 hospitalized. As of today, there are only four counties without a confirmed case of COVID-19 in the entire state. And in the wake of this, the state government has been extremely slow to respond. The governor, Brian Kemp, resisted issuing stay-at-home orders until just several days ago in a mandate which bizarrely ordered public beaches and parks to be reopened, a decision Tybee Island mayor called reckless and Savannah's mayor called stupid and crazy. But no place in the state has been hit harder than Atlanta. I'm Jonathan Hammonds. You're listening to Home Fried, stories to keep you informed and entertained during the coronavirus lockdown. Angela Hansberger is an Atlanta-based food writer, a regular contributor to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Bon Appetit. She has kept her finger on the pulse of the restaurant industry, even in the midst of this pandemic. I caught up with her at her home in Atlanta. You know, it's a, it's a brand new world. I'm really tired of being in my house, but, um, and I, I don't quite know how to do my job, which is, you know, covering the dining scene and, and drink scene in Atlanta. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So we're all, I think all different journalists from different publications or we've all done our curbside to go maps and, and all the new innovations and writing about things like that. And now we're just thinking outside the box and trying to, trying to help out in the little bits that we can, I guess. But sometimes, sometimes when I'm writing, it seems kind of silly when there are people struggling and coping with illness and people on the front lines i hate to use those war metaphors but people that are out there actually helping sick people (laughs) but i guess we all have to do our part yeah yeah and you know every i think it occurred to me as as i was doing this series that like my first inclination was to be quite serious and take everything you know go for more like serious news reporting on it and then i realized no people want to hear about the sandwich tournament bracket that someone's doing a vote on on facebook you know like yeah i you need some I kind think, of levity too i think you're right there i think people really really want that kind of information right now levity is is very needed. I mean, I don't think that this Tiger King show on Netflix would <laughs> would have been popular had this not happened. Had we not all been quarantined, I don't I don't think we would have even seen it. Oh, totally. Yeah, it probably would have just skated under the radar. <laughs> yeah, and and now it seems to be this is going to be part of pop culture for twenty twenty. <laughs> right. Forever. For sure. Yeah. No, it's funny because my, my best friend had told me about that because she actually went to the Florida location in there, the, the woman's big cat sanctuary that she runs. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's just the weirdest place. She said, it's the craziest people. And she was like, I, I really want to see this documentary. And then like, come to find out the woman might have fed her husband to one of those tigers. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> 
So when it, it, when it came out, I was like, wow, everybody's into this? Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of so necessary right now. We need something that we can all talk about because we can't all go see a movie. Or... Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of been the hardest part about a lot of this is like you get to or you go take a hike <laughs> with somebody and keep your six foot social distance or whatever. But the only thing you have to talk about is is this. Is you know? this. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's, you know, I see a couple people a lot because they're just neighbors or in my neighborhood or, or, you know, they're, they're really close friends and it's literally all we have to talk about. There's just nothing else going on. (laughs) I know it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I really miss people. I, I miss the interaction of that I get from restaurants so much. I realized that restaurants weren't just feeding my body. They were, they were feeding my soul. And it, it was my, those were my places. Those were my concert halls. Those were my plays. Those were, you know. Yeah. How is this affecting the, or I guess let's talk about Atlanta and how Atlanta responded to this, how it's being affected. What's, what's going on in the scene down there? Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll start with restaurants first started going to the curbside model. And that was where, you know, all, all of us journalists were spending our time making, making maps of, you know, where you can go in certain neighborhoods where, you know, which places were open, which places were still serving food, um, how you could get it. And those places, like the numbers dwindle, um, daily yeah because i mean it's it's just not sustainable um and then now places have gone to almost like bodegas the restaurants are using all of their materials and they have they've set up little shops that are curbside shops where and and there are a few places like eight arm where they've gone to a csa model so they put together the a grocery box for you and, and you can get to go wine even, and there are certain days to pick it up. Um, a lot of the CSAs pickup CSAs have gone to delivery. I just had a, there's a company called bagged Atlanta that delivered right to my door, all this fresh produce. Nice. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't get to pick it out, but yeah it came right to my door and it was, it was perfect. Like I, I miss going to the farmer's market and, and meeting those farmers and, and seeing who grew my vegetables and picking things out. But that's just not, that's just not something that seems right right now. Um, there are, the curbside has gone to, uh, you, you put your, the, the make and model of your car and you have a time to pick it up and you pop your trunk and they slide it right in. Last night I ordered barbecue from a place called city barbecue and did that. They were ready. They had a mask on, they put it right in the trunk and they also gave me the opportunity when I ordered online to provide a meal for the local hospital. That's oh wow like a quarter mile away. So I added I don't know what I added five or $10 and they make a meal and they take it over for you. I thought that was pretty, pretty fabulous. Um, other places like Fox brothers barbecue, they've gone to, um, they're trying to keep people 
staying in their neighborhoods and not having to travel even. Um, they, they've got their barbecue on a big truck and they pick out certain neighborhoods and tell you the day. And this weekend they came to an area called Medlock Park, which is pretty close to me and served everybody from, from the park. Added, and they had cones out so that everybody was at a distance and you could come up and you pick up your food. I thought that was quite lovely. Nice. Um, there's a thing called Atlanta Family Meal where uh, you can go online, you can donate, but it's a bunch of restaurateurs who have gotten together. They take donations of food and donations of money, and they're um, they're feeding the hospital com- the hospital the hospitality community, um, the people that have all been displaced. I mean, yeah. If you look at the num- if you look at the numbers, it's it's just incredible. There's what was it? I saw in the paper um nine million six hundred thousand people in the restaurant industry have been displaced in the country. My God. Five hundred thousand of those are in the state of Georgia and three hundred thousand of those are in Metro Atlanta. I mean these people work a lot of them paycheck to paycheck and right. are just like completely out of a job. Um so this Atlanta family meal is is a way for for these workers to to get food, um, get meals, and get get other resources that they need. Um, like Staple House, you know, James Beard yeah. nominated restaurant. Bon Appetit named it Restaurant of the Year a couple of years ago. Um, it's gone to a soup kitchen model. So they every day they feed people in the service industry, homeless people and um, people in uh, healthcare. Mm. And they're taking donations and the giving kitchen is helping to fund that as well. I mean, I don't know if, are you, do you know what the giving kitchen is? No, tell us about that. So the giving kitchen, um, it, began in 2013 after the death of a beloved uh, person in the restaurant community, Ryan Heidinger. Um, he, he had cancer and um, the community, you know, bonded together in 2012 to raise money for his treatment. And the outpouring was just intense and incredible and um he and his wife jen founded the giving kitchen so that when other people went through crisis they would have resources like that he unfortunately Hmm. passed away and the giving kitchen um started in 2013 and it provides um resources when people in the restaurant community, including caterers, it's very diverse. Um, yeah. When they have illness, injury, the death of an immediate family member, or yeah. or they're displaced in housing due to you know fire, flood, or blood, that that kind of thing. So this this thing, a pandemic, is something that that's not written into you know what they've done, but they're trying to help in all ways that they can, they've already given out. I looked at their number today. Um, from the end of March, 
they gave out $87,505 to 59 service workers wow. um, to, that have been affected, you know, by directly by COVID-19 or, you know, other things that have happened right now. And they're, yeah. they're doing all they can. Um, that's a, that's a great place to donate to if, if people are looking for ways to help. Um, there are people, there are local people in Atlanta that have come up with apps to help things. Uh, Dominic Mashler, who is a animator for Archer, Tipsy app. It's a Say that tipsy again, you kind of broke up on, on that. Oh, it's, it's called Tipsy app, tipsyatl.com. Um, so you, when you're having a drink at home, when you're inspired, you, you click on it and you can find your favorite bartender or your favorite server. Nice. Um, it, it gets updated every day and you can give them a tip. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's a little thing, but it, it's something to help. And then, you know, in Atlanta, we have this great corridor of Buford Highway of all these restaurants. Um, and you can get any kind of cuisine that you want. You know what? Laotian cuisine. You you feel like Thai. You feel like yeah. whatever. This we have this long stretch. I mean, we're it's 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 really quite incredible. And those restaurants have been hit really hard. And they don't have the the PR and the kind of outreach that that our bigger restaurants do. Right. So this woman, I don't I don't know her. Her name is Marianne Novak. She came up with this thing called Atlanta Bingo, and it it most of the restaurants on there are are those kind of Buford Highway restaurants. Yeah. You spend money you spend money there, um, and you keep keep your receipts. I think you turn them in somehow to her online. I'm, I haven't done it yet, but there are, you can win prizes. But the the big prize is is getting the word out and. And spending your money in those restaurants and helping those those people. It's called Atlanta Bingo. Nice. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, is, I feel like you guys have, you know, Atlanta has shown like a pretty resilient response to this, especially looking at how Georgia was pretty late to respond to the whole crisis overall, uh, right? Well, we yeah, we have a – we have that governor – who's just found out many things that everybody else, including children, seem to have known. But it's all become aware to him in the last 48 hours. Oh don't, my God. don't quite know how that works, but... Did you guys have uh, a... What was what was the case in Georgia? Did, did they put a stay on anything? Was there a, a state of emergency declared? How did, how did things go down for you guys? Just, just on Saturday... Um, that the stay in place was the shelter in place was oh is now the rule. That's it. That's about oh it. Did this, did that hit Atlanta before it hit um, the state? Yes. Um, we have mayor Keisha Lance bottoms. She, she's kind of overrid the, the governor and was like, and told everybody that to hunker down Um yeah, it must be so difficult. Little communities, you know, my my community of of Tucker, we had we had a shelter in place before the state of Georgia did. Yeah. Um, 
that's just how it goes. And that's got to be hard in a big city like Atlanta, too, because you have all these people coming in from the outskirts still that don't have those shelter-in-place orders. Yeah, and we have this great thing called the Beltline, which has been this really wonderful, unifying thing, you know, all it's a great thing for us journalists to write about and how you, it connects. Yeah. It's like the old railway system that like wraps around yeah. the city. It, it connects you, um, socially. It, it connects people when they want to ride their bikes or run or skateboard or use those, you know, scooters. It connects the restaurants. There's areas of art. It's really wonderful. You can do so many things on it. However, right now, Nobody has closed it down. And so it's just like a gigantic germ highway because yeah. every it's been so beautiful that everybody is just um, crowding it. Yeah, that's so terrifying because it would be – it's just like a parade of people at that point, right? Yeah. It's a place that needs to be shut down. I mean, he – the governor ordered shelter in place, but then he said, but the beaches are still open and hang out on the belt line. So oh it doesn't, God. yeah. But there were very good people doing very good things. Um, I know that the, the Atlanta Hawks partnered with State Farm and they have a couple of restaurants. I think Miller Union and Forza Storico they are using produce from local farms and those restaurants are cooking something like 4,000 meals for healthcare workers at, at Emory. Wow. Um, you know, a couple of our distilleries, old fourth distillery and ASW distillery have switched to making sanitizer, hand sanitizer, mm. and they're delivering it to the hospitals. I saw a post yesterday that ASW was delivering it to um, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta in giant jugs. Nice. Um, yeah, but I mean, smaller restaurants and things—they're—they're they're trying to do anything they can. There's—I bought a thirty-dollar pen from my favorite bar, Ticonderoga Club, the other day because it goes to. You know, you get a pen in the mail that's worth, what, a quarter, <laughs> but but it's $30 that goes to, to help their employees stay afloat. Yeah. There's a company called uh, Block and Hammer that has been selling spoons that have funny sayings, and when you purchase the spoon, different money, you know, money goes to different restaurants. Hmm. Um. I bought a cookie the other day that Ruby Chow's they I guess they they partnered with someone who's just she's basically an artist drew symbols of the city of Atlanta on a cookie in the shape of Georgia and sold them for $20 and all the money goes to the giving kitchen. Nice. I mean people are people are getting scrappy and doing what they can. Yeah. Has, how is this affecting the publications in your area? Because I know, like, in Asheville, Mountain Express had to lay off, like, seven people. There's been a ton of workers furloughed at, at Citizen Times. Yeah, I saw that. I I mean, it, that hit me hard. People that I love dearly yeah. are furloughed there. Um, well, I mean, I'm freelance, so the only way it's affected me is that there's less for me to do. Yeah. Um, 
right now I work for the AJC. Um, our our editor and our the the folks that do the dining reviews, you know, they don't they don't have anything. There aren't any dining reviews to do, so they've switched to kind of reviewing the takeout food and the takeout situation. And together, the dining team, we're all trying to find those those stories, those meaningful ways that the positive ways that people are are helping one another and and pivoting to different models. Yeah. It's amazing that they've kept you guys on board and still and still working too. That's that's really that says a lot about the paper. Oh yeah. I I mean I've I've heard that from every publication. They're you know, the the folks friends of mine that work for uh say the AJC that have the a friend of mine has a fitness column and instead of writing about all of the gyms and the, and the different spas you can go to, she's writing about where you can find, um, find online ways to, ways to get fit. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the community is going to that. Um, I saw Krista and Jerry Slater from the expat have been doing online cocktail classes and, there is Richard Tang, who owns Char and a few other restaurants in town, has this thing on Facebook called Quarantine Cuisine, or and anybody can can sign up and and view it. And every night he makes some kind of dish from his own kitchen and <laughs> waves to people, and you know talks to people online, and people send in their pictures of of the kind of gross or great food that they're making at home <laughs> using their pantry ingredients. Yeah. This has really shown us who are the good cooks and who are, are not <laughs> in, our, in our friends groups. <laughs> I think everybody is looking for human interaction in any way that they can. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'll watch the videos of people mixing cocktails and yeah. making making crazy things. A friend of mine, uh, Tammy Hardiman, who goes by runs with tweezers on Instagram. Um, she's an amazing food stylist and she's been, she's been using her Instagram stories to, to promote, use what you have, but make it pretty. Yeah. And so she just takes, you know, ingredients from her, from her kitchen and, and she shows you how to how to plate it and make it just incredibly beautiful, just to make the whole experience of eating whatever's left over a little more enjoyable. Good. Yeah, I, I will mean, say has... that is that is one thing that I've noticed in 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 just scrolling through Instagram and Facebook feeds is like the amount of people that I know that separate everything on their plate with like space between it, <laughs> and it's all like perfectly like portioned out. And I'm like, that looks just just. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who eats like this? <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been eating a lot of bowls of brown, you know. Right. <laughs> You've been getting a lot of takeout food. Have you been cooking at home as well a lot? Or? I've, yes, I've been doing both. The takeout food is mainly, it's just my way of like trying to help. I just, yeah. I think about all these places where I've spent, I, I spend my time not just for not just for work, not just for writing about it, but just, it's my joy. It's my sport. Yeah. And so I, 
I, I, I try to, and it's also like a point of human interaction, even if they're just putting it in your car, I, I get to wave at them and say, I miss you. I wish I could hug you. You know, thank you for feeding me all these years. I don't think I ever told you how much you've meant to my life. Yeah. I picked up um, Boca Lupo is, I mean, this is another thing that's kind of exciting is Boca Lupo doesn't do takeout. They, they don't like you to take their food out. They want you to eat it right there. And right. now you can get takeout from them and you can and it's just the most amazing thing to eat my favorite food in my in my home right now yeah do you do you think it's safe to eat to go food from places right now well i a lot of the the places where i go they in their emails on their instagram they've they've disclosed the measures that they're taking yeah and so, yes, I, I go to to the places that I know about. And I know Hugh Atchison has been talking about that a lot on CNN, on Twitter, everywhere. You know, make sure that you know who's who's doing it well and who's treating their employees right. Yeah. Know? But, yeah, I think it's I think it's fairly safe. I definitely wash my hands a lot and let it sit on the counter for a few minutes and. <laughs> And safely put things into other. I don't eat it out of the container. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I put it into a bowl. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I'm. I admittedly haven't been that supportive of of my local restaurants by doing takeout, just because I'm like, I don't know what your procedures are. So it's made me kind of nervous. But yeah, I there, think there I might are, actually uh, break down and get a Cucina Twenty Four pizza tonight, though. But well, Cucina Twenty Fours. <laughs> I mean, I've been quite envious of people in Asheville. When I see the food that Brian's been putting yeah. on Instagram, I just, I feel like I wish I could drive there and eat it. Right. Between them and Vivian, I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> 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 these menus are getting too tempting for me. Yeah. We've had, we've had some chefs here who uh, like Craig Richards recently opened Lila Lila in Midtown and he's he has some takeout options and some family meals, but he also has some, some kits where you can, you can take everything you need to make cashew at Pepe home and make it at home. And that's kind oh, that's of awesome. That's kind of great too, because you're, it's, it's an experience in a box as well. Yeah. And I instead mean, of might... ordering from blue apron, you can order from your favorite restaurant in town. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the ones that I, that I need to do this weekend, I haven't done yet. You know, sushi is one of the things that I love most. Yeah. And I have I have a particular haunt. Brush Sushi Izakaya is a place that I go to weekly. And I haven't done takeout sushi yet. I know that there are some big places that have never done takeout before, like Sushi Hayakawa and Umi, you know, fancy sushi omakaza places. And yeah. they're, they're starting to do... Um, takeout, but for me, the whole experience of Omakaza is is the sushi chef, you know, handing you each piece and telling you about the fish and 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 how they created this, but you know why they scored it this way and why it has this tiny bit of salt or why yeah. he he brushes this on top of it. So I haven't I haven't 
quite done that because I don't know what the experience would be like, but I really want to support those places. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about what's going on with the newer restaurants or places that had just opened this spring or were opening this spring. Yeah, there, there are so many places that have recently opened, places that we've been cheering on to open, like Little Bear in Summerhill, which is an area that is just exploding. Um, he, he had a pop-up restaurant called Eat Me, Speak Me for years and years and years. And all of his supporters, me included, have wanted him to get a brick and mortar place. He finally opens it. And it's gangbusters, you know, like it, it's hard to get in. It, it's incredible. Just great response from everybody. And then this happens. Mm. Um, so he's been, he's, he's, you know, just opened a restaurant and immediately has to shift to a takeout model. Yeah. He's been doing it, but I, I just, I just don't know how long these places can can survive this way. And and there's a place called Talat Market, which is just around the corner from Little Bear. And those guys have were just about to open. Mm. And I, I don't really know what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, they, they're really building the excitement, but, but I don't know how they're staying afloat. Yeah, it, it's frightening. Yeah, and you, especially like the amount of loans you have to take out to open a restaurant, those banks yeah. are still expecting that money. Yeah. And well, you can't do anything. The banks are expense, expecting rent. Yeah. And and the state is inspect I cannot speak is expecting tax payment. Mm-hmm. All of these things don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's uh I was thinking the other day, you know, my landlord's knocking on the door asking for rent and we're all unemployed and it's just like, a, you know, all of this would be fixed if the banks would just say, you know what, we're going to put a hold on these banknotes for a minute right. until all this is over. And it right. would hurt them in the same way that it's hurting everyone else in our community. Not, it would, it would, everybody would be fine if banks would just put stays on those notes until true. all of this is over. It's true. They're still using everybody's money and investing it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so what are you cooking at home right now? What's, what's been interesting? You know, I've, so in my bagged Atlanta bag that I got, I ordered some extra things and I got this log of goat cheese, like this gigantic thing of goat cheese. (laughs) So I've been using, um, different kinds of pasta. I'm making a, a goat cheese cream sauce. And I have nice. lots of dried shiitakes from last year that oh, I that's just, nice. yeah, it was so, I'm, I was so happy that, I mean, I'm lucky that I have the Buford Highway Farmer's Market near me, but sometimes when you're buying things, they come in, a, you know, this, this thing of mushrooms that I got came in like a five pound bag and that's a lot of dried mushrooms. I mean, it was like tons and tons and tons of mushrooms. Yeah. Now I'm so happy that I have them cause I can just bring them back to life with a little bit of broth. Awesome. So yeah, I've been like every day it's like some kind of pasta in a goat cheese sauce with whatever I made it with broccoli yesterday. Nice. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, that sounds wonderful. 
whatever's whatever's in my bag the bag yeah <laughs> yeah I've pretty much just been doing this like Szechuan kind of sauce that I'll toss it's almost like what you would use to toss a dan dan noodle in or something like yeah. that yeah but then I've been you watching. can add broth to that and make a soup stock or you can just do whatever you want and turn just about any type of noodle or any kind of rice dish into something like any kind of stir fry into something more flavorful but uh yeah I think like having that go-to that you don't have to think too much about is kind of important these days I've been making a lot of stew the instant pot comes in handy for that and I I get meat delivered um I just get this grass-fed meat online delivered and there's so many pieces that I've had that I never I never use different yeah. kind of cuts of meat that sometimes I forget to check the box of what I want and they just send me stuff so I went into that the freezer that where I had all these big chunks of meat cube them up and I've just been making beef stew nice lamb stew yeah lots of stew I mean <laughs> it's good good time of the year for that <laughs> These transitional <laughs> seasons are great for stews. They are. <laughs> and it's a cheap and easy way to feed a bunch of people, too. So It is. And, I mean, fried rice, that's yeah. that's something that my kid has been making. I mean, you just crack an egg, throw in some vegetables, just squirt in different sauces. Yeah. no, A lot I, of fried rice. To me, it's like I cook so many dishes with rice on the side that, like, Fried rice is the easiest thing because there's always rice in the freezer you know, or in the in the refrigerator, you know? Yep. I'm going to make some naan. I need to cook some carrots. I have so many carrots because every every single CSA or bags or anything that I've gotten has included carrots. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with them? I don't know. You know, I liked – I had a recipe um, – I used one of Hugh Atchison's one time, I think out of one of his cookbooks, or maybe it was an Alain Shoya. I don't know. I made it for Thanksgiving one time, and you just mix together tahini and put some sumac on it. Puts I don't know. Put some Middle Eastern spices on it. Nice. After you after you roast them. Maybe I'll wrap them up in naan. Who knows? Yeah, that sounds good. But I have lots and lots and lots and lots of carrots. Nice. Yeah, I always do uh, with carrot when I have extra carrots like that. Uh, vodka sauce with carrots oh. is great, oh. and then it freezes. So if you have a ton left over or you get sick of it, you can just freeze whatever's left, and oh, then just thaw it out, and then that. toss your pasta in it. It's so easy. I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's fun. It's easy. I mean, it just adds more flavor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a way of not of being able to use less cream when you're making a pasta sauce because that the pulp and puree of the carrots kind of gets that juicy yeah. creaminess. Well, I need that. I am I am one of the lactose intolerant people, so that, oh, yeah. that is great. Yeah. Oh, hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us, Angela. Thanks for talking with me. Um, it's really, I, I feel like I had a social interaction. It was actually very nice. I miss I miss talking to all people. <laughs> Don't um, we all? <laughs> <laughs> that was Atlanta Journal Constitution and Bon Appetit contributor Angela Hansberger. Be sure to keep up with her on her Twitter feed at English A N J. 
Home Fried is a production of Dirty Spoon Media. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I produce the show and write and record our interstitial music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, handles our website and marketing, and keeps the clocks wound around here. To catch up on back episodes of Home Fried, listen to the new season of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour from WPVM, check out the artwork from our contributing artists, or just support us through our Patreon. Head to dirty-spoon.com. We will be back with new episodes of Home Fried every Tuesday and Thursday, with occasional episodes on Saturdays. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching for the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, always bringing you stories from the people who shape what we consume. Be safe.